0: I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough, you know? But when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough.
1: I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call.
0: You, you, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s,
1: they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. Hey, gang. Welcome to episode 24 of the Kobe Bryant episode of Cats Got Our Tongue. I am Andrew Zimmel, a.k.a. the Texas State Sports Press, a.k.a. the Vice President of Podcasting. Joining me is Editor-in-Chief, also former sports editor, also the guy that was at Kyle Field, For the A&M Texas State game, Jacob Rodriguez. Jacob.
0: What's going on, Zimmel?
1: Welcome to the Broom Closet. Thank you for saving the world, doing this podcast with me, keeping this thing alive.
0: That's what we do, you and I, brick by brick.
1: Brick by brick. (laughs) And (laughs) it's, you know, we've been here every single day this week uh, between putting out a paper and getting stories and trying to make next week's paper and the monotonous turning of the wheel.
0: So, well, I took a little bit of a break this week.
1: Well, I didn't. So, <laughs> let's talk Texas A&M before we get into Texas State versus Wyoming. That's pretty much the primary meat and potatoes of this podcast is going to be a recording this on Sunday afternoon for you guys to come out on Monday morning. And just an FYI, hopefully the schedule of these podcasts begets, becomes more, you know, weekly. We have a set date for these things, but as anybody would know, things change and you got to keep c- continue to move on the fly. So let's talk Texas versus Texas A&M. So I'm going gonna,
0: gonna to walk you through my game day experience because...
1: That's actually what I wanted to hear, honestly. Yeah? Because, okay, no, because I think everybody saw the SEC network and they saw what Spav and what Gresh and what Vit Marcus ended up doing. I think we care more a little bit about what happened with you going into this game.
0: Okay, so I show up and immediately I'm asked to like throw out my computer bag and at I Kyle say... Field. Yeah, at Kyle Field. And I was like excuse me and so the the lady brought over her manager or whatever the guy was like hey you're press you go over there and i was like thank you so i (laughs) walk over there there's a cop and i'm like hey is this the line for press and he's like yep just take that elevator no questions asked so i was like wow okay this is great and you know how everybody says that like um the press box like sways at kyle field when they played the the song or whatever the the hullabaloo (laughs) stuff whatever that is a real thing (laughs) First of all, their press box is gigantic. It, ours was like, it feels like this booth, basically, uh, in comparison. They had a buffet, so you can get food anytime you want. They had a soda machine. They had, they made a very compelling case for me to go be the sports editor at the battalion, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Shout out my boy, Luke Hankhouse, editor-in-chief of AM's paper. That's who I was hanging out with for a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we all saw the first drive looked Okay, not so, bad at all. I'm not going to let you sit in this broom closet
1: with me and defend Tyler Vitt. Okay, what we saw coming into it, and remember, but you're okay the guy. But that I
0: defended him because the second play Gresh through an interception, so it wasn't even like we got better. No, hold on a second. And let then he me, threw another one after that. Let,
1: hold on. Let me break it down for you because I know you want to you wanna get into the play-by-play of what happened. Yeah. But we need to first focus on Tyler Vitt. Who everybody coming into this season kind of had, had the assumption that it was a really close race between him and Gresh. And I think that A&M kind of proved it. And the real question is, and I don't know, I don't have an answer for this just yet, is if is it going to be any different against Wyoming? Was the Kyle Field experience, the first half for Tyler Vitt, was it too much for him?
0: Or it was, was too it- much for me. I was almost like, can I be a reporter right now? I don't know if I can. Really? Yeah. So so the press box starts swaying, and that's when you're uh, you check out. It was pretty crazy, honestly. Uh, and then I I was like the one of the first ones there just cuz Colton and Sean got stuck in traffic. Yeah,
1: tell us about everybody that was at the game for the University Star.
0: Yeah, so we had we also had the most press spot, bo- like spots like by far and away. Um, it was me, Sean, Colton was there. Uh, Kate Connors our photographer was there. Who can I just say took a bunch of really good photos? She's amazing. Yeah. She took probably some of the best photos the stars had this Ever. entire year. Yeah. I honestly I think that and I, I've been
1: around this deal for like four years now, and you've been around a little bit too about the around the sports. We don't have good sports photography in San Marcos. And it's hard I do not do it. There's a couple, I'm the second best on our stuff. Which is it's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. So Kate Kate is by far and away the best that we have. Jaden's so,
0: pretty good too, but sh- he shout really gets out to Kate on the field. But Kate is by far the best among the three of us. So we got lucky having her there. We got very lucky having her there. Everybody also went home. I kind of took a little staycation and College Station. So after the game, I mean, 41-7, uh, we basically saw a 12-man dance on us. And I think the 12th man came out to play at one point.
1: Can I just say, too, that we covered the spread. Yeah, we did. So I know that 2019— At least one of the spreads,
0: depending on the one that you looked at.
1: 2019 is the year
0: of no more moral
1: victories, but can I just say this was a very good moral victory for me, covering the spread. Ended up losing by 34. Spread was at 34.5. I did not—I saw it got all the way down to 27, and I didn't put money on this game at all. How many
0: starters did they have to take out for us to score?
1: That's a good question. On the defensive side of the ball, I think that it was I don't think that there was any starters when Gresh threw that touchdown pass. So but you can't you gotta admit that he did look better than Vit, didn't he?
0: He looked more composed, I would say, yeah. But I mean you just seeing some guy just throw fucking ducks. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's kind of what you get.
1: Yeah, and I like Fit. Uh there's a bunch of really good photos that we just the aforementioned Kate Connors took of him. But to me, it was.
0: It also looked like Vit. Um, it looked too big for him. It looked like he also, like, went into the game and like, okay, I'm gonna have you know, there's a tight end that I'm gonna go to. There's Hutch, which was just like the go to guy, like pretty much all night for Vit and Gresh. Um, the and then safety we blanket. Thought, then we thought we were gonna rely on you know Anthony D Taylor, who all summer and a little bit preceding summer we had heard actually looks like a running back now.
1: Remember when uh, people were saying that this is the guy that was gonna get a thousand yard rushing and you know one game in. SEC title contender, quote-unquote. You can't put too much stock into this game, but...
0: Facing like one of the youngest lines in the SEC.
1: You got to say that this was... What would you put this? What would you rank this game? Because clearly the panic meter is not out yet for me. I'm not ready to panic yet. Clearly
0: the panic meter is not out for the team either, the way that they responded (laughs) to the press conference. Talk to me about that. So... The press conference happens. uh, Spav walks in. I actually walked by the locker room. That's the thing I don't get to do. On accident, yeah, it was cool. I just kept going places until people told me no, and that's what you're supposed to do. But anyway, I walked past the locker room. They shuffle us into this other room with the SEC network and a couple other things. We were just kind of like in a broom closet next to like the loading dock. Basically, made a lot of noise every time they opened the door, and it was really kind of a pain in the ass when like Spav was in the middle of talking. Um, But uh, he just said that you know like anything like you have to get game reps to know what you have and they really don't know what they have yet because they don't really they can't really even compare like the Sunbelt teams that they will face with A&M because that's just not realistic and they've also yet to identify themselves as like a pass first team or a run at all team or anything
1: well it's just frustrating to me that we see Texas State put up the way that they put up and then we got Georgia State beating Tennessee yeah you know and I get it that Tennessee is one of the worst teams in the SEC versus A&M one of the better teams but Texas State, on paper, according to a couple people, should be better than Georgia State. I don't think we beat Tennessee. Well, the
0: time of possession, too, was like an eight-minute difference. I mean, that's like half a quarter. Yeah. b well, and inter- the guys just sweating it out against the first-string offense at A&M. We'll talk about b in a second,
1: but four interceptions between the two quarterbacks. Are we going to see that again? Do you think this is a, there's another game this season that you can say, okay, I think both the quarterbacks are going to throw four interceptions? I really
0: thought Gresh's looked worse than Vitt's. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, because— he threw it in traffic, but Gresh threw it without air underneath. What do you want? If you're if you're a car, right, going down a highway, do you not want air in your tires or do you want to hit something else that you didn't intend to?
1: One of Grash's interceptions, <laughs> one of Grash's interceptions was The worst throw I've ever SC- seen in a
0: college football game.
1: An SEC corner jumping a route. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen against, you know, Arkansas State or Appalachian State or anybody
0: like that. I don't know. Arkansas State did beat AM. A couple years ago.
1: A couple years ago, but this year I'm looking at it. I don't think anybody's going to have the athletic secondary that A&M had. I'm not saying that Gresh showed out and showed to me that he was better than Vitt. I think they both have a lot of room for an improvement. But I just want to see if I can get any humility out of you. I with think the, they will the, go. The with, of, I
0: think they will go with Gresh first during Wyoming. Okay. So let's talk below. Because I didn't think they were going to take Vid out as soon as they did. They took him in the middle of the second. Yeah. He didn't even play a full half. No, he didn't. Uh, and so, he threw two interceptions in that one and a half halves.
1: So Brian London and the defense looked like the best defense in the Sunbelt Conference. They, uh, their red
0: zone efficiency was really good. The red zone efficiency the, was The other great. moral victory for Texas State was fourth down efficiency for both teams was 0-0. Nobody wanted to go for it.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. That's a good stat. Uh b continues to look like the best player on this defense. He intercepts a pass. His first interception, his first collegiate interception. One-handed grab. Which I just want to remind folks that listen to the podcast, new listeners to the podcast, people that might not have been at Texas State for the last two years. Two years ago, Texas State didn't have a single interception. The only collegiate team... FBS collegiate team to have zero interceptions with Texas state, the team that plays in San Marcos. So for Brian to grab an interception first game to me, and I, I understand that other people, they might not care as much about this, but for me, that was a big victory. Is that showing people showing me proving me correct. I, I think Brian London is the NFL talent. This is the take I'm going to have. That's the take I'm going to have for the rest of the season, at least Talking about how I think that he needs to continue to get his reps up, and Texas State really needs to show, premiere him. But the defense was never put in a very good position to win the game.
0: Now they uh, they were put in horrible spots throughout the entire game, not only by the special teams occasionally, but by the offense most of the time. Uh, even I mean, we had a turnover. We had another turnover too, just based off of a fumble that we picked up, and then it got ruled and it whatever. It just seemed like we couldn't get it done on the offensive end. And you can't... I don't know. When your stuff is not firing in all cylinders, it's really hard to rely on your defense because your defense is probably just not going to put up points because they're not used to putting up points, frankly. The defense. The defense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's move on to
1: Wyoming because that's kind of the game that I think all of us have circled on our calendars at this point. Home opener on Saturday. It goes in direct competition with Texas LSU up the road. Uh, Terrible scheduling conflict, in my opinion. I think that if... Texas State was smart. We moved the game up to like 3.30, 3.30 kickoff and I say... I hate those,
0: though.
1: Well, would you rather have a 3.30 kickoff and have potentially more fans or a kickoff at the exact same time as Texas and LSU and have me in the press box watching two games at
0: once? I'd rather do another Thursday game <laughs> as opposed to a 3 p.m. kickoff.
1: Really? Okay. Or that's... a
0: 1 p.m. kickoff. Those are horrible. You don't want noon? a noon kickoff? Yeah, those are disgusting. I love
1: noon kickoffs. So let's talk about Wyoming. Wyoming ends up beating... Uh, Misso, missouri uh it was a game that i think a lot of us didn't anticipate i don't think any of us thought that wyoming was going to have uh a, a win against missouri to be completely honest with you the team that kelly bryant ends up playing for as well i just a quick just a couple quick thoughts right off the bat this is a game that i think both of us had before the AM game we had texas state winning against wyoming that we thought it was a coin flip and we thought going into it that this was a a game that Texas State should be able to win. Missouri ends up losing that game 37-31 to Wyoming. Wyoming wins that game. So, I don't know. Wyoming's coming off an SEC victory. Texas State's coming off an SEC loss. What are your thoughts coming into Saturday?
0: Well, our team's healthy. That's important. I think we're going to need everybody out there. It's scary. I think now, you know, they're facing... Possibly they could be 0-2 at the end of this stretch, headed into, what, SMU at the end of Mm -hmm. this turn? Which doesn't look great either.
1: Um, How is our preseason every year so hard? Like, how's our non-conference three games that could technically be losses in an FCS school that's going to push us to the brink? You know what I mean? Like, a couple years ago, it was Houston Baptist that took us all the way to the edge for us to end up winning that game. I forget who we played last year. This year we're playing Nickel State, who, according to everybody, should be a pretty good game. You know, it just seems... It's weird to think about that Texas State continues to schedule teams. And Wyoming shouldn't be a hard game. Like, they don't have Josh Allen. It's not like you're playing a future NFL first-round pick this year. It feels... I don't know. To me, it feels like Texas State should be able to win this game.
0: It's going to be the home opener for Texas State, too. I feel like... If there's any fan base that could need some sort of galvanization at the home spot, it is Texas State. I know that uh, just the team itself and Jake Spavital has done like immense amounts of like marketing and planning. And, like, I stuff. know. I drove by the just new banner. For this, yeah. There's a new banner there's outside. There's one on the side of the stadium mm-hmm. too. So it's pretty cute. I don't know. I know all of the fraternities and stuff are ready for tailgate. So I, I think there's going to be people that are going to want to go to this game, but, you know. Once you run Aggies beat the hell out of Texas State, who knows where the hype will go for this team.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Coming in... So, we both did our predictions. You're going to be able to read them in uh, this week's edition of the University Star that comes out tomorrow on Tuesday. So, uh, without giving too much away, why are you going the way that you are going in these predictions?
0: Um... Honestly, I'm just standing by Sean's takes at this point.
1: That's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, you're right. For those um, of you,
1: for the people that listen to this podcast and listen to it throughout the entire summer, I'm sorry for the content that we put out. It could have been a lot better. Um, but continue. You're going off Sean's take that we're going to beat Wyoming.
0: I think we have the potential to beat Wyoming. I think I don't know. It's impossible to be like, nah. This is this is like inconceivable for Texas State because I don't think it isn't. You know, we're at home. This is Jake Spavadol's chance to show the administration that he's the guy. The only person out there was Larry Ties from the administration, as far as I could tell, at the A&M game. And he was at the volleyball game. And he was at the volleyball Which game.
1: Which we get into in a second. But um, So you, you like Texas State in this game against Wyoming?
0: I like Texas State don't love Texas State? I don't love Texas State just because if were... I covered this team, so I kind of know what to expect. If
1: you were going to compare it to a real-life instant, what would you compare this to? Like pistachio ice cream? You like it, don't love it? Uh, I kind of do like pistachio ice cream. What do you like more, Texas State's chances
0: against Wyoming or pistachio ice cream? I would eat a gallon of pistachio ice cream before. <laughs> All right, let's and talk I uh, like Let's talk sorry. about
1: Texas State's <laughs> volleyball team that tipped off or set off. I don't know what how you want to kick word. this off set off. Yeah. It's set off against Liberty. They ended up winning that three sets to one, winning the match. And then they play number fourteen USC. Yeah. Top ten top fifteen USC. And I start getting texts right away.
0: Won the Be- first set immediately.
1: Because For those of you that don't know, don't listen to the podcast nearly enough as you should, I am the person who thinks that this is it for Karen Chisholm. 40 years, I
0: think that this is it for her. I think this is her last season. You don't think it's it. You've been calling her number, telling her that this is it.
1: Complete speculation, but I think 40 years is this is where she moves on after the season. Win, lose, or draw, I think that this could be it for her. So we should treat it like this is it for the greatest volleyball coach in Texas State history, for one of the top five volleyball coaches in NCAA history you know, so show up to the game, support. You need to treat this like it's the end. But I start getting texts right away saying Texas state looks like a top 15 team in the country. Texas state looks like a top 25 team in the country. Really threw me off. Did not expect that at all. Uh, those type of texts. Then they ended up dropping the next three sets to USC and everybody's telling me, well, you know, maybe top 50, maybe we're top 50 team in the country. And I just continue to remind you guys, this is the beginning of the season. For football, it's a little different where it's only a 14-game season or 13-game season and you know things can change really quickly. Uh, if you lose a couple games, all of a sudden you're not a bowl-eligible team. But for volleyball and for soccer, for baseball and for softball, you need to take the beginning of the season with a grain of salt because I think that the beginning of the season for those longer sports, you can struggle out of the gate and still be good later on. You can still struggle in non-conference play and then end up winning conference and potentially winning the Sun Belt. In in the sports like volleyball and soccer and basketball, volleyball they look good. They played Liberty well. I didn't expect anything less. USC they played them close. They didn't expect
0: to, they played them to five sets too, didn't they? Liberty or to four?
1: To uh, USC. Yeah, they played them to four. It was yeah. three sets to one. They
0: won the first one, and then they lost to the next three. I yeah,
1: guess. yeah. So they played them four sets, which is to be expected. To to be expected. It wasn't. It was closer than I thought it was going to be too. Yeah anyway like i said this is a good team a lot of it's freshmen beginning of the season there's a lot, a lot of a
0: lot of returning sophomores a lot of say.
1: growth a lot yeah. of growth potential so before i let you go jacob we got one last thing to kind of talk about it's the teal game happening sunday night we're about to do for ovarian cancer cat connor head coach she suffered from cancer is there any stories that we have coming out about like you know cancer awareness or anything like that for the university stars the editor-in-chief are you gonna make anybody write anything
0: we're doing one just on I think Goal Secure as an organization because I don't think we've touched on that. I feel like we've mentioned it a lot, but like have not done it. That was actually my dream to do as the edit or as the sports editor at the time, but I didn't have the people to do it. I just had to keep just going with the flow of the schedules and stuff. Interesting. Anything else so coming down the pipeline for us? to my right hand man. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Any other big stories coming down the pipeline for the Star? Not a story, but we're doing our first like live multimedia production saturday at the tailgate for the tailgate show deep in the heart of tailgate i'm excited for it it won't be particularly live but it will be up online very soon very cool not very soon but i mean as soon as we record it it'll probably be online
1: (laughs) thanks for coming in jacob no problem buddy thank you for listening to another university star podcast you can tune in to our soundcloud and spotify channel every single week to get new content we have editor's note coming out really soon and life and arts should be up pretty soon as well. So that's really cool. Texas State continues to play sports. We continue to cover them. Go read the University Star to get all the best content and check out the universitystar.com website to read all of our online content. Thank you guys for listening.